Welcome to Based Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wisely. I'm not politically correct, and I'm not afraid of the consequences for the things I say. I'm simply here to speak the truth as I see it from where I'm standing, and let the chips fall where they may. Welcome to Base Liberty, fellow thought criminal. Enjoy your stay. What's up, thought criminals? Welcome to Base Liberty, episode 64. Darren Wisely here to bring you the non-PC, unapologetic truth. So today I have a very special guest on that I alluded to last week, and I can't tell you how pumped I am. I started listening to him when all the madness was going on with the Rona and how they kept ratcheting things up, and I realized that people were not going to wake up anytime soon. And it was just nice to hear a voice of reason amid all the completely brainwashed zombies parroting media talking points. So today's guest is America's most trusted and beloved lawyer. He's been an attorney for 30 years, and he knows the system and isn't afraid to say it like it is. It's legal man of the podcast, The Quash. And I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. He has so much good insight. Real cool guy. So let's just get right into it. All right. So today I'm joined by America's most trusted and beloved lawyer, legal man, host of The Quash. He's been a lawyer for over 30 years. And what I love about him is he says it like it is. He doesn't hold back. Uh, legal man, welcome to Base Liberty. I'm just thrilled to have you on today. Well, thanks. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me. So isn't it true you're a self-certified master practitioner? It is. <laughs> it is. I, uh, I gave myself that title almost 20 years ago. I'm pretty proud of it. Pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I, I love your show. Um, I love how just unapologetic you are and you say it like it is. And what you've really done to inspire me is provide clarity because there's just so much confusion and you talk about that a lot. Uh, like when I was in law school, you know, the inconsistencies just didn't make any sense. And just, I know you just did an episode on the 14th amendment and that's a great example. I'm sure it was the same for you, how it's just kind of assumed the incorporation doctrine is, <laughs> is valid. You know, they don't even say, well, here are the arguments for and against. They just um, kind of say, yeah, it's incorporated. And, and that's that. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just such a bunch of nonsense. I was thinking about doing a show on uh, Griswold which is a 1965 case where they permitted uh, the people who were married to get birth control. There was a, it was a crime. People don't even understand this. There's actually a crime to get birth control. This is how far we've gone just during my life because I was born in the early 60s. And so I was a little kid, obviously. I don't remember Griswold. Yes, same name as the vacation family that uh, when they the people were charged at Planned Parenthood with distributing contraceptives to the pill, in effect, to a married person. And of course, the whole thing was a setup. But it, I was looking at it because I'd done that, that recent show on the incorporation doctrine, the 14th Amendment, what a complete load of crap it is. And I remembered reading some of these cases in law school. I'm going to go back and read a couple of them because my practice doesn't really involve, you know, as a lawyer, you don't, 
you don't analyze the, the incorporation doctrine. That, that's just something that the court is going to take judicial notice of. They're, they're going to apply it. You're never going to win by saying, Your Honor, let me make a case here like I did. Oh, let me show you why the incorporation doctrine is bullshit. You're going to get poured out. They're, they're going to strike that crap. You're never going to hear it. So just for my own purposes to try to help explain to people. And I was reading through this so-called argument that the court made, and it was basically just saying that it's well known and it, there's all these different ways that it's been incorporated, basically just citing their own stupid crap for right. why they have authority that it's been done in this kind of case and that kind of, okay, so you've made a million mistakes. That doesn't mean it's more legitimate. It's just so, oh, it's so funny to me. And, and I love talking to other lawyers who kind of get it because, <laughs> you know, they can all relate to the insanity of the the huge difference between law school and theory and what Supreme Courts say and actually trying to practice, make money and keep your clients from suing you and making filing complaints against you and fighting the other side. It just they have nothing to do with each other. Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, too, because I've you know, on Facebook or different ways, talk to some old, old classmates. And, you know, I'll talk about how John Marshall, you know, kind of just hijacked the thing from the very beginning. And, oh, not John Marshall, you know, they act like he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, anybody that reads those cases, Marburg versus Madison, all oh, the August horseshit. You look at that case as a lawyer. I remember when I was reading, I wasn't even a lawyer. I'm a law student. I'm reading this crap. I'm like, well, hold it. The holding is that they don't have jurisdiction. Okay. That's, that's the holding in the case. They don't have jurisdiction. Well, if the court doesn't have jurisdiction, then that needs to be addressed upfront and you don't go any further. There is no reason to go on and rationalize all this crap you could do and would do and might do and could be entitled to do. Oh, sorry, we don't have a jurisdiction. That's the very first thing that you should have said, look, we reviewed this thing. And for these following reasons, we find we don't have jurisdiction. That's it. And but the reason that they did it in this sneaky ass way they did was that if they had found this absurd power they described in there in the case, there would have been a lot of uproar. Okay. They don't actually have that power. And so what they said is that we have this power, but we're not going to exercise this power. They really didn't exercise it for quite a while. And in a case like that, they were never going to, but an interesting thing. So that case to me is just a classic case of how Marshall was a piece of crap. And a lot of the other thing people don't know before Marshall is he invented this concept of an opinion of the court. It used to just be that the justices wrote an opinion. Each one wrote an opinion. If you got, if you got, you know, five guys that kind of all agreed, well, then maybe you would agree that one guy would only write yours and you just agree with his opinion. But for the most part, each justice kind of wrote their own opinion. And if you got a, a majority, which I still think is a, a bullshit deal, you need to be unanimous at points of law, but it, you just got in a majority of these people, then it was fine. But he introduced this concept of the court opinion. And people, again, they don't see how damaging that is because it sounds so impressive that, oh, well, the court's opinion, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just a made up thing. Like right. everything else they do, just a made up thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we take it for granted, of course, at this yes. point. And, um, and yeah, and with the 14th Amendment, because um, that's always what confused me is because, oh, this is incorporated in 
And you've talked about how it wasn't even properly ratified, which I didn't even know about until you mentioned it. Um, but I believe it wasn't even, they didn't really talk about that till the 1920s, like 70 years later or so. Is that, is that correct? There's a couple of cases they claim sort of incorporated. And I think they're mixing the fact that the 14th Amendment had been used prior to that time, but not in an incorporation. I mean, it does say that, you know, it's got that language about due process of law and right. such and such. It's okay. So, I mean, it, it does something. I mean, nobody really knows what it does. Any lawyer who reads that language can see that it's nothing but a bunch of bullshit Barnum statements that could mean anything, which of course, now that's where we are. It does mean anything. But yes, the reality is they didn't really start claiming that this so-called incorporation doctrine even existed for decades and decades and decades it's like um how did everybody miss this um it seems like it's dominating everything now and yet when it first came up in 1875 like i mentioned in that crookshank case the court was clear it, it there is no such thing as incorporation it's a made-up thing it doesn't make any sense for all the reasons i already gave in that show it turns the entire concept on its head the states don't need protection from the states that's idiotic right. that makes no sense and and so that's that's the that's how they turn everything on its head this idea that it's some kind of protection it's the best protection is local protection that's right. your best protection is that your town center You'd go down there and theirs would be the supreme law. And you don't have to give a crap about what goes on in the county, and what goes on at the state, and what goes on at the federal level, what goes on some bullshit star chamber. Your town would run the law. But they flipped it on its head and acted as though we get our protections from the federal level. That's that's idiotic. Yeah. And we know how good they've been with that. So. Anybody can see the results. They are the exact opposite of everything we're told by constitutional conservatives. Any objective observation is that it is the opposite of everything they say. And all they do is make endless excuses like a really lame girlfriend that you don't want anything to do with. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it wasn't Hugo Black real instrumental in the incorporation doctrine? Oh, he was huge at that time. All those guys back then that everybody holds up as these august, brilliant geniuses, um, just scumbags, really, just the slow lifes who pushed this gigantic federal government on everybody and this absurd power of the Supreme Court. I've asked people over and over again, who would ever agree to the system that we, they claim we have, which is a star chamber of yeah. unknown quantity, unknown makeup, will take a case of unknown quality with unknown quality of representation, facts, arguments, and that whatever kind of cobbled together so-called my majority opinion with partially concurring and partially dissenting and all this stupid crap they add in there, that at the end of that time, that's it. Now we all must do whatever's in there for all times, unless we can get three quarters of all the damn states together to do something that's only been done a couple dozen times in 240 years. It's like, who would agree to this insanity? Nobody. There's not one single word in any of the holy federalist papers about this absurd power. Nobody discussed it. It wasn't debated. Nothing happened on it. It's just grown up over time. And now people just accept it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I'm pretty sure Black, he was a former Klansman. And 
he wanted to incorporate it to take power from the Catholic schools on the First Amendment uh, establishment clause and all that. So. Wow. I, nothing ever surprises me. I, I remember when I was looking through that Griswold case on the contraception, and it talked about how it's this obviously this this private zone of penumbras and all this other crap. I no one even heard of the word penumbra before you yeah. got used it in those opinions. A penumbra, what the hell is that? And yeah. of course they use it in this way. And now everybody knows about emanations from penumbras. And yeah. I re- the, in there they actually make this ridiculous argument about how it's obvious, obviously there. Well, uh, they're leaving out the fact that about 60 years earlier, the court had found that you, the state can forcibly sterilize you. Uh, was that not a privacy penumbra zone there? Was that missing somehow out of the penumbra? It's just such contradictory nonsense that they put out there because there's nobody that can stand up except for them themselves and say, well, hold it. That's bullshit. The, you said earlier, you know, I don't get to, to swear them in and say, look, Justice, you wrote this opinion, said such and such has got this penumbra. OK, let's let's figure out what this penumbra is. And then I get to ask them about previous Supreme Court opinions that completely and totally contradict the made up crap they're saying now. See, that doesn't occur. And if that did occur. Everybody would see what a complete load of crap and reverse engineered nonsense these opinions are that sound so impressive. That's just the reality. And the fact that Hugo Black may have been a Klansman, does it surprise anybody? If it does, then you're just so naive if it surprises you, you know? Right. Right. And uh, legal man, you touched on Barnum statements. Do you want to just explain that for the viewers real quick? (laughs) Apparently, a lot of people didn't know what Barnum statements were when I I, when I was (laughs) when I started using them, when I started making a podcast about a year ago. It's just the world runs on Barnum statements and the law, especially a Barnum statement is a statement popularized or at least made famous by P.T. Barnum from the circus. And a Barnum statement is something that sounds really great and super specific and resonates with each person, but it resonates in a different way with each person. That's, and and there's endless examples in politics, good jobs. Okay. What the hell's a good job? Well, for the guy who's a investment banker, it's making $50 million a year for some dude who who dropped out of high school and he's got a million drug charges. It's just trying to get by. That's a good job. Oh, they treat him well. They don't make him come in and, you know, clean the, the, the piss on the floor anymore. He's moving up in the world. A Barnum statement. It's just once you understand the concept of this politics, politicized sort of promotional idea about pulling together. We're all going to pull together. Okay, well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean jack shit. Who is we? Every single thing and lawyers like you, you understand the devil's in the details. A witness makes a statement like that. Well, that's just this jumping off point. That's not the moving on point. (laughs) A Barnum statement is Everywhere in the law, due process of law is another classic Barnum statement. It has no meaning at all until they start filling it out. And once you start recognizing how prevalent they are and how much it drives everything, then you're starting to really be awake to the scam and you can start spotting it all the time. So I love Barnum statements and I push on them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and again, that's really how you've kind of opened my eyes because I spent so much time just confused and, you know, like you talk about a lot of people are, and now that I kind of see, okay, they're just kind of making it up as they go for whatever <laughs> oh, analysis. 
Yes, because you're, it's confusing because for each person, see, they're seeing it. And these constitutional conservatives do this crap all the time. Well, oh, well, it's obviously a violation. This is unconstitutional. They say this crap all the time. That's a Barnum statement. It's the only thing unconstitutional means is if you take your case up into the court and the court, the final court rules, it is, in fact, unconstitutional. Until then, it's just an open question. And yet... Mm -hmm. When you aren't familiar with the statement, and of course, none of us are properly educated, we're intentionally miseducated, so we don't know how to think, we don't understand these things, we can't spot them, because the whole system relies on them. You know, you go through school like I did, and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, I've got all these very clear ideas in my head about what these things are, and then I argue about how they don't fit together. Well, the other person has a very clear idea in their head about what it is, and it doesn't agree with mine. And that's it, it's, you're never going to have agreement because they don't agree that it's a, quote, fundamental right. <laughs> you yeah. can't even get agreement about what that is. It sounds like most people would believe that a fundamental right, that's something that's got a very clear definition in the law, as though there could even be. Most definitions are circular. You have a word that's defined with other words that are also defined. And once you get in these loops, it's like, well, um, uh, yeah, we don't agree. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare. It's a fundamental right. There you yeah. go. What is even healthcare? What is healthcare? Is, <laughs> is anything that makes you healthier health is food healthcare? Apparently should be. I mean, the, the most basic thing is that sleep. What about yeah. sleep? You need, how about stress? Stress, too much stress. That'll kill you. You hear it all the time. Exercise. Yeah. So they define it down. Oh, healthcare is a right. They just mean that access to the pharma, radiation, surgery, horseshit system they set up is a quote right. And even a right is again just another made up Barnum statement. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, so you talk a lot about, well, maybe not a lot, but you talk about being influenced by Spooner, it sounds like. Mm. Um He's real good. Who, who are some other people that that have influenced you a lot? Well, on the legal side, you know, I, I remember reading Bastiat a long time mm. ago on his his deal in law, which makes a lot of sense. But, you know, he's more of a political theorist back then. And Spooner, mm. the reason he's so good to me is because he's he's a lawyer and he's a great lawyer. He was a great lawyer, he's such a clear thinker. And it's it's that ability to to boil something down that he has that is just so great. I mean, I love, I mean, Rothbard, he, he mm -hmm. says a ton of great stuff, but I think I made a show early on about how people mix political and legal theory that you get yep. a lot of that out in society. You get people talking about libertarianism. Well, libertarian really isn't a legal theory. It's a, it's a political economic kind of theory and people mix those up together because there's really no clear thinking. And I've never found anybody who's a legal thinker who thinks any more clearly than Spooner. And because I'm basically on board with Spooner, I don't need anybody else because yeah. whatever arguments they're going to make, they're going to be the, basically the same as what he makes. Because the argument is that the government itself doesn't really have authority unless you consent to the government's authority. Without that, it's nothing but force and fraud. And because that, to me, is where the legal theory kind of ends. Most people start getting into what is, in effect, political or economic theory about how the system should work. Mm 
And I hear it mixed all the time. And so I would strongly recommend as far as people, if they want to learn how to think clearly on legal topics, just get Spooner's Collective Works and mm -hmm. read them. <laughs> read them. And when you understand what's in Spooner's Works, you're going to have a very good grasp of the legal theories of the way things work. Now, Herbert Spencer, again, not a lawyer, but see, not a lawyer, just a scientist, kind of a brilliant man in the late 19th century. He wrote a book about it. I, I, it was called something like the right to say no to the government or the right to, uh, it's something like that, anybody who looked it up. And it was, again, same kind of thing that showed this ultimate Spooner answer, which is, look, you have to be able to consent voluntarily. Otherwise, the government is no different than any other tyranny. That's right. it. Right. And I, I think that's what the past year, I mean, it, it really opened my eyes up, um, is that, you know, our, the government in the United States is the same thing. They can do whatever they want is, as long as people will allow it. And right. they use COVID it, to do that. Yes. And, and once you start digging in, like I've done on my show so many different ways, and you and you and you kind of push aside all the brainwashing about the, the glorious founders and the amazing freedom and all this this crap that we're raised on 24-7 since the cradle and all the people who sacrificed and all this other crap. Um, once you start seeing what the government really is, what it actually does, not the theory. See, the theory is not the reality because right. there's another theory on the other side of it. All those people who are Democrats and Democrats, socialists, and all the commies who are going to try to take over and the Bolsheviks and the radicals and all the Marxists and all the stupid crap you hear on constitutional radio. Those people, they don't claim to not be operating under the Constitution. Supreme Court opinions you disagree with that expand the government's power, they don't purport to be ignoring the Constitution. They purport to be interpreting it. They purport to be doing exactly the same thing that the other person who disagrees with them is doing. They just disagree. And that's such a huge point that the constitutional conservatives overlook, and that is that Everything that's going on right now is claimed to be constitutional and, yeah. under, and under the government. And the government has all the power to do all this, that it has the authority. It, they claim all those things. They write opinions. They, they, they pick and choose out of Supreme Court opinions and they show things and they claim the wealth, general welfare clause and all this made up crap. They'll say anything. They don't just say, oh, well, of course we don't have the authority. We're just doing what we're doing is unconstitutional. They don't say that. They say it's constitutional. Yeah. I'd rather them just be honest to be to be blunt about it. But And then it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, it doesn't work. That's the whole reason they have to keep this voting is so critical and that there's a rule of law. They have to keep that going because I'm completely convinced that the bulk of this country is way further right than they indicate. They act like this is a, you know, we're a slightly, you know, right of center kind of country. Bullshit. If we're slightly right, if they have to admit to us being slightly right, then we, you can know we're way further right. And that the bulk of the people who don't vote, beside cutting out all the people who they don't allow to vote, but all the people, most of the people who don't vote, they don't vote because they know it's a scam. See, they know it's a scam. They know it's a rigged up deal that it doesn't matter. And the government's going to try to rip them off. And they try to kind of live as much as they can, got underground and do what they can. If 
if there were true candidates who stood up and took positions like I take or you take and we wouldn't be assassinated or ruined with kitty porn or some other made up shit, the people would get on board because most people want to be left alone. Yeah. The, the group of people who don't are the, the takers out in society that they're trying to grow their numbers as fast as they can and the people who pull the strings behind the scenes. And those people, along with that corporate welfare system that people imagine is this right wing stuff, they're not. Those people and the takers of society, along with a government, are in the minority, but they just dominate everything because the bulk of people they never see an actual alternative. What they see is these liars, these fakers, these constitutional conservative hypocrites who love all sorts of big government stuff, but then they don't love this other stuff. And they, they go through this dance. And even though most people don't spend the time to sort it out in their mind, like you might, where they actually kind of go through the system and think, well, that doesn't work. Now they just they get an impression that these are all a bunch of liars, that nobody's doing anything but trying to line their own pockets, and they check out. And that's what the power system relies on and depends on. And it works because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And, you know, just like you kind of touched on about government being deciding what government can and can't do, how that's <laughs> ever going to work. And, you know, I'm in Michigan, so a perfect example of that is, you know, with Whitmer, and I'm sure you've heard just how he's been. So the Michigan Supreme Court ruled against her. So what does she do? She just uh, rewrote it. Her executive branch agencies to do it anyway. Yes, so they just rewrote it. They just, yeah. just rewrote it, dreamed it up. They just proved my point. Like, I, yeah, like I've exactly. said over and over. It doesn't matter that they're just... I've told people for years, if it's, if it's something they want to do and there's language in that they don't like, they'll read it out. If there's yep. something they want to do and there's no language, they'll just read it in. That's the system they use. And that example up in Michigan was just so classic because the court rules against her. And all she does is just repackage it with a new deal. Oh, well, we're not doing that now. We're doing this totally different thing. Oh, okay. So what is the option? Now the people have to go refile cases and, and try to hope that it can go back up and get the right opinion with the right court and all this delay and all oh, it's moot now because it's already, been. they got a million excuses. If you don't strike it at the root, you're never going to win. And, but I did one thing I wanted to ask you. Is that Bobby Orr's picture back there? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you're in Michigan. I was a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's uh, great. It's a famous yeah, I shot. That. I love that. I was a big yeah. Flyers fan when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, okay. That's they were they were a tough team. Yeah, yeah. My so first uh, Stanley Cup I remember watching was uh, when the Red Wings played them, and okay. they had like and those guys in the late 90s yeah. there you go see i grew up with uh, uh bobby clark and rick mcleish and uh, oh, the flyers and, the broad street bullies, uh, and right? yeah the broad street bullies oh. and uh it's funny because you know I, I have i don't watch a lot of hockey but it was just interesting because bobby orr was very famous when i was a little kid and we play hockey and screw around and be like you know pretend to be somebody of course yeah of course. you're scoring your bobby orr oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, I Right, sorry to distract you with that. Oh no! <laughs> Especially a guy from down south. But um, so the one thing that's frustrated me the most about you know the past year and a half, um, and that really drew me into your show is just how completely brainwashed people are. And when all this went on, you know, I was speaking up, and I'm in a rural area, 
so we have some people who are like, you know, this is bullshit. We're going to resist. And, you know, we were just slandered for, you know, protesting, whatever. But, you know, I thought, okay, it's early on a few months in people are going to wake up and they really haven't. And, um, you talk about, uh, another term I got from you is the 179 club. And <laughs> I, I love that term because it's so accurate, but that's exactly what's pushing. Yeah. I love, uh, I coined that a, a while ago. I just, I kind of like it. It's, I think it's accurately describes the system we live in. And that is for people to know what it is. I call the, I call it the 179 club because it's, they teach everybody in every realm as close as possible to 180 degrees off from truth. So if they can get away with teaching the opposite, they do most of the time they can get close. So I call it the 179 club because it's really and it's in everything I've ever investigated. This is the part that's so fascinating to me is that the reason most people today can't even sort out something as simple as this preposterous Corona fake, faked up pandemic is because their head is so full of so much wrong information that they take wrong information. They run it through what is normally a pretty poor CPU, maybe sort of 1993 kind of quality uh, CPU, just maybe a 10, 10K kind of memory stick they have operating. They, they already have a very poor brain because they're not taught how to think. And right. then they take junk information that's completely wrong and they try to put it into their processor and it just doesn't work. And this, the only reason I even started a podcast last year is because I could not believe what I was saying. I mean, yeah. as low a bar as I'd set, and it was so low. There's no way you could limbo under the bar. I'd said impossible, but they still blew past anything I imagine the general public could ever swallow. I thought, okay, first couple of weeks, I get it. As a point, people are a bunch of pussies. They, they see some hazmat suits. They've seen all these films for, for 25 years where if your hazmat suit tears, your face fucking melts and they're, and they're all scared and they think that's what's going to happen to them. And so they're freaked out and they're sitting in their home scared. But I thought, well, look, you know, in a couple of weeks, you, you got plenty of time. I mean, you're going to you know, maybe mill around on the internet a little and check out some alternative possible information. It right. didn't happen. But it didn't happen. I was like, well, hold it. What? And then it went on. And then it went from mass, no mask to the toilet paper wars without masks. Those all occurred without masks. And then yeah. and then somehow masks. And then everybody's wearing masks. And then then it, instead of two weeks, it's, it just keeps going. And and now we're getting ideas that some state may open literally a couple of months from now when the whole thing started with 15 days to flatten the curve. Now we're getting four, five, six times longer than the original amount that they estimate that they will then allow to be open. And so the brainwashing is so unbelievably deep and powerful at this point. I don't see any limit on what they could push out to the public that the public wouldn't believe. I don't see any limit at this point. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And that's, you know, I like just like you to use just very logical statements to people when I, you know, debate with them, although I'm starting to realize that's a waste of my time, uh, <laughs> but it's like, look, okay. You have your opinion, the mainstream media on, you know, COVID this pandemic, whether it's the vaccines, the masks, any of the lockdowns, any of the stuff. Well, okay. If those opinions are correct. Why can't they have someone on the other side come on debate, let people decide for themselves? 
Well, they can't do that because they get blown up. Right. Yeah. I, and I've, I, tr- I try to make that point again and again, that all these people that the people on the right, so-called think are on their side, DeSantis and Trump and all this crap. None of this stuff happens without Trump's national declaration of emergency. None of it. You can't have all this absurd spending. You can't have these lockdowns. The states could never financially afford. They've all been bailed out repeatedly because of that money that's pouring out. It's all unconstitutional. Trump pushed it all. But regardless, they never, ever, not one single time brought up any of these groups of people who are extremely great scientists taking yeah. big risks and doctors with good credentials taking risks and getting blackballed and taking off media and having their uh, career screwed up. They didn't bring them up there and support yeah. them. They never brought them up there. Trump had his stupid ShamWow news conference every damn day. He'd tell us all about how fantastic the team was. He'd put together with fucking Tony Fauci, who has been a fraud, a known fraud for yeah. 40 years in Washington. Anybody who didn't know Tony Fauci was, was a fraud is a totally incompetent executive or he's in on it. Those are the only two options. And if he had from the very beginning said, well, you know, I'm, I'm suspicious. Tony Fauci's got a very questionable track record. Everything. First of all, tell us that the CDC is unconstitutional. I don't hear him saying that. He doesn't no. say that. That it's totally unconstitutional. The federal government take over some stinking vaccine program. This yeah. is insanity. It's a totally unconstitutional thing. So declaring a national emergency itself is just a made up thing. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows them to declare an emergency. It's idiotic. So it's just so many levels of crap that you have to sort through that the constitutional conservatives support. And so you look at this Tony Fauci thing and you say, well, how do you, how does, how can you start to get through to people when you have this many levels they've been deceived on? You know, they right. think the CDC is there to help them. They don't understand the CDC is unconstitutional, is there to screw them. And that the idea of giving the federal government control of disease, this is truly dystopian insanity. The last thing you want is the federal government in control of disease. But the people think it's a great idea because both sides promote it. Neither side is actually on the side of the people where they make a case that Tony Fauci and just come out and say, Tony Fauci's a crap. He's crap. He's been lied. He's been wrong about this crap forever. He was hooked in that whole AIDS scam. The dude is a scammer from way back. Okay. That's what he is. If you want to wheel him out, he could have, he could have made fun of him and brought all those scientists out who really took a lot of great personal and professional risk in trying to bring the information to people. To this day, none of them have been brought up by anybody, not a red state governor, not a red state mayor. Nobody has brought them up and challenged their own hokey, faked out health experts who dream this crap up. Not one single one has done it. None. Yeah. And I think if Going to your point about the national emergency, if in the very beginning uh, Trump said, you know, screw you, Fauci, we're not doing this and we're not supporting these states, I think he would have won the election. Oh, I think he would have won the landslide if he come out and told the truth and mm-hmm. said, look, we don't know what this is. First of all, I suspect it comes from Fort Detrick. This idea that it's coming out of China, give me a break. That was a narrative that was set very, very early on that was never allowed to be disturbed. Anybody was following this thing. I remember watching uh, some of the stupid videotapes of those those 
fakers in China falling over, oh, just collapsing on a sidewalk and all this crap. And then they claimed they were trying to get people. And you could just see these, they were just rounding up dissidents and just people were kicking and screaming and shoving them in the back of vans or claiming these people needed to be checked out. They were sick. This idea has been pushed since the beginning. This is China virus. Yeah, that's another red, blue made up argument. No question at all about whether or not well, had you ever considered that maybe this was being invented in Fort Detrick and maybe there's a whole bunch of stuff they're releasing and that we need to check into this and that the entire science of virology has a lot of questions about it that we need to look into and have an actual open debate with people? Because I all I ever heard, because I was on it day one with that Trump crap, they was like, oh, they ruined him. Oh, they'll wreck him in the press. Dude, he's already been impeached. Yeah. He got impeached again. Anything he says, they're going to say no to anything. Why not tell the truth? If he had told the truth and he had stood up for the people and said, we're not about to close the damn country down. It's ridiculous. Even if we thought tens of millions of people were going to die, we don't have the authority to do it. You want to get a constitutional amendment together? Great. We'll try to do it. Until then, no, we can't do it. That's left to the states, but we can't give them money. That's unconstitutional. But he just went along with everything and... Then he got and he got beat. Of course, the election wasn't wasn't straight up. But he I remember in 2016, there was all sorts of questions. And I was told over and over how he was going to clean that up. Sessions was going to clean it up. In fact, the explanation for why he picked he pulled Sessions out of the Senate with a very slim uh, majority and then lost that seat. In the re-election, I remember hearing all about how, oh, this is a double secret folk probation fakery. They're going to get him. This is to set him up. Oh, he's setting him up for the election fraud. He's got nothing happened. Not a single person went to prison. Nothing happened. And then the only reason all this faked up mail-in voting was permissible because of a national declaration of emergency from Trump, which he yep. re-upped in October. <laughs> People don't realize that mm. it was renewed in October. He could have canceled it any time, but he didn't. And excuse me. And because of that, that's why all this this alternative voting was permitted. And it's clear that they took advantage and and they used it. It's just clear as day. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, and you've talked a lot about uh, Fauci. He's still never been sworn in. Is that is that correct? Well, he gets sworn in by things like the Senate or the House. Mm-hmm. But those are jokes. Those are not real cross-examinations. You get like three minutes. And he, mm-hmm. if he doesn't answer your question, what can you do? Nothing. Your time yeah. runs out. Is there nothing you can do? You can't make him do anything. And, you know, these these clips of Jim Jordan, you know, if they float around the internet, oh, boy, he filleted him. Oh, he showed he was a liar. And what happened? Nothing no. happens. <laughs> nothing at all happens. He's he shown to be a liar. Well, is he removed? Is he, is he walked out in, in chains? Is he perp walked out to the gallows? No, nothing happens to the guy. Keeps drawing his huge salary, appearing on TV, vetted by everybody. It's, <laughs> it's a show. See, it's a show. And any attorney general had the authority and the power. And I believe the obligation, since they don't allow private individuals to have standing to make the kinds of cases that only an attorney general can make against the governmental entities like this, they should have gone out and cleaned it up. I wouldn't even have had a problem with these bogus declarations of emergency uh, in my state, uh, which is Texas, where for the first few months, it was like two thirds of the counties in the, in the state had never even had a case, but they're operating under a state of emergency. It's idiotic. If they had declared an emergency, okay, 
I, 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 I'm not great with that, but I understand we have to deal with the general public and the Karens and all the, the people who are pussies and afraid of everything. Yeah. But if he had shut it down and said, we're flying to Atlanta, we're going we're gonna to depose the CDC, we're going to take all their sworn statements, and we're going to gather the evidence, we're going to come back with giant binders of shit, and we're going to present it to the people and put it online, and people can see, and we're going to put... But they didn't do anything. See, they didn't do anything week after week after month after contradictory guideline and statement and flip-flopping on the mask and six foot and eight foot and clothes. And they don't do anything. Everyone no. just stands around going, what the hell can we do? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's And they always hide behind, oh, there's nothing we can do. Our hands are tied. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. It's like the old banking regulations. We pay the maximum amount of interest permitted by law. Yeah. The laws you lobbied for to cap your damn interest rates. What are you talking about? It's so silly. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you, I don't know if you've had it in, uh, in your state, but have, have you guys had any experience with these states making it so people don't have to pay rent, like they can't get evicted or anything like that well you know they had the federal rules uh, that, mm -hmm. that that they implied that they enforced on people and people take advantage of it but i'm not familiar with some kind of anything that ran any longer than just a few weeks maybe back last summer kind of thing we definitely aren't we aren't operating in our state with all sorts of state alternatives where you don't have to pay that's still all being driven by that cdc guideline regulation -y thing exemption that is just an absurdity on its face. And I think it recently got struck down by somebody. It's been upheld by others and struck down. This typical nonlinear disinformation with the cases, there's no way to sort it out. And, uh, uh, but no, we don't have, my state is certainly better than Michigan. Yeah. Let's just say that. It's way better than Michigan. Right? Not hard to <laughs> yeah, not hard to do, exactly. Not as good as Florida, mm -hmm. um, but way better than Michigan. And, there's not a lot of state supplement and protection for renters or really any other kind of financial stuff. All that stuff is flowing from the Fed and the states and the local areas, they, they dish it out. But ultimately, it's all backstop and being actually funded by that uh, fake Fed money. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Because here they just lifted ours a couple months ago. I got a buddy who he has a few rental properties and he can't get them out because he, he can't get into court. And they've just been sitting there not paying for months, even though this thing was lifted. Right. So, wow. Insane. Yeah. Feel bad for <laughs> me, too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do. Got, did you hear the good news today? I did not. Uh, well, they uh, approved the vaccine for 12 to 15 year olds. Oh, great. Oh, great. You know, so I'm going to I can go down to my junior high or my middle school and and, and help help those kids who are su they're such at risk. You know, they're really yeah. at so much risk. Uh, just think of this insanity. Any regular drug rollout that was this mm -hmm. catastrophically failing, killing people and all these different things. And God knows how much stuff they're hiding from stuff mm -hmm. uh, that would have been pulled immediately. There have been all sorts that have been a DOJ investigation. There's no way this thing could run on. And now 12 to 15 year olds. And of course, you know, they're going to they're going to extend it down. I mean, this is going to be yeah. some kind of, you know, maybe when you're born, maybe not, maybe between say two and five kind of thing, they're going to institute a new vaccine regimen for this kind of crap and uh, booster shots. They're all coming. I did not realize they'd done that. I knew they were that they were close, that they were close to extending it down to 12 to 15 year olds. But, you know, that's a good example of what you brought up earlier to me is that 
if you show somebody, you just tell someone that fact, if they yeah. can't see how insane the system is that they're living in, they're probably not reachable because the idea that somebody who needs, who's 12 to 15, who's literally in no danger at all of getting it, especially since the vaccine is being made to be clear that it doesn't prevent transmission. It doesn't prevent you getting it. It supposedly ameliorates it. If you get it, well, then the 12 to 15 year olds don't need it. If you're worried about granny, granny needs to go get it, which I would not recommend, but I'm not a doctor, but yeah. go get, go get your vaccine. And then if you're, if you're 12 to 15 year old uh, grandson or something, get some kind of asymptomatic, you're not at risk. If the vaccine does anything, then you're not at risk. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. make sense. It doesn't make sense. And it's just everywhere. I mean, I don't watch TV because I feel like I lose brain cells when I do, but you know, I'm visiting someone and, you know, it's on the background. I mean, every commercial, cause I was trying to watch some of the Floyd stuff with that trial and um, you know, every commercial, Oh, we're getting this vaccine out. You got to get, uh, it's just, it's, it's billboards. I can't drive to breakfast. <laughs> I drive someplace to meet a friend. I drive past all these damn bills, all mask up and wash and yeah. step back and all this stupid save and, you know, protect Texas and let's knock it out and all this crap. It's just endless amounts of propaganda, radio, every stinking news break, oh, some COVID update and all oh, you can get a vaccine at such and such center and all oh, it's this and that and be sure to wear a mask. And it's everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if, to me, you know, we talked about sports for a second. It, it's really made it hard for me to watch sports because mm -hmm. they all got the mask. The uh, mm -hmm. announcers are always talking COVID that, you know, you just can't get a break from it. And it's like, I watch sports. I want to see alpha males, you know, who are out there <laughs> crap out of each other, not afraid of some stupid, you know, virus that they have no chance of dying from. Right. I saw that part really bothered me. I'm not a huge sports fan. I like to watch the college football mostly, but uh, I don't watch a huge amount of it. I, I watch some of the NFL. I, sometimes I like watching some of the NHL uh, playoffs, but mostly just the NFL. Um, I never watch basketball or baseball, but it really bothers me too when they had all that ridiculous Corona pageant going on the NFL sidelines where on the college, they all have the mask on. And then when they want to yell at someone, they'd pull it down and yell at them and put, and then put it back up and it would kind of half-ass warned. It's like, dude, none of this makes any sense. It, how can this be okay? But it became clear to me why they allowed the sports to come back. And that was because they wanted to make sure that this was a constant 24 hour a day reminder on uh, ESPN and all these other places that you, it's not a matter of not being macho. See, even macho guys wear masks and see yeah. that was a big problem in the beginning. I remember yeah. this was really funny. I was getting pumping some gas at this stage. It was early on. They just started the mask thing. And, and, and there's a lot of rednecks in my area and I like rednecks. And, yeah. and there was this kind of like typical, very weak, low T kind of pussy dude sitting there pumping some gas with a stupid mask on outside. Okay. Outside. There's no one around him. And this guy in a truck, big old work truck like dually he kind of rolls the window down he goes he goes <laughs> he says nice mask pussy and laughs and, <laughs> and rolls his window up and drives off and you can see the, the guy just uh, he just felt humiliated <laughs> i was like good for you humiliate these people we shouldn't be doing this this needs to be humiliated away exactly <laughs> nice mask pussy oh my god uh, well, hey, I think that's a good one to end on, honestly. <laughs> Take up too much of your time. Um, 
one last question for you. Is that cat yours in the picture? <laughs> no, I wish I wish I, I could find a cat like that. That would be <laughs> awesome. I, uh, I get such a kick out of that because I kind of use it as a screening tactic with people. Mm -hmm. Same way I use kind of the so-called cursing that I do with my show. It's a screening mm -hmm. technique. Um, mm -hmm. People who get offended. Oh, man, you said a bad word. Okay. If, if you're so offended that a bad word bothers you that you'd rather listen to a bunch of lies of uh, the nice, sweet. Li okay. Well then you're never going to be helped. Uh, you're never going to be in any way equipped to hear what I have to say. It's going to turn your world upside down. So you're better off. And the cat's the same kind of thing is that I get lots of people. Well, look at you. You got a Hitler cat. It's like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I do. It's a joke. Did you read my Twitter description? I like laughing at the transparent fraud that's presented. That's that's what I like doing. And so, yeah, I use it as a screening. I, I leave it up there now for that reason. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I got a kick. out. I'm a big cat guy, so I got a kick. I love out. cats. They're such yeah. cool animals, you know. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. I've, I've got the coolest one. He's all. He's kind of like a puppy. Just follows me around the house. Always wants to cuddle. Yeah. He did leave a bird head on my porch the other day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you're, uh, they can find you on Twitter, uh, at us law review. Yeah. Uh, illegal man, your show's the quash. Is there any other plugs I should make sure to, to hit for you? Now, if, if anybody wants to listen to the show, uh, if you put it into any kind of podcast player, it's there, it'll come okay. up. And anyone who looks on my Twitter that I, there's links to it all over it. So it should be no problem. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, as you always say, we got to stick together because we are surrounded by, just so much insanity karens um so yeah definitely check out the quash if you haven't yet it's probably my favorite podcast i listen to right now uh, <laughs> well i'm quash. glad i'm glad we do have to stick together there's not a lot of us and it's the only chance we have we absolutely have to stick together and uh push the push the word the truth out there absolutely absolutely well thanks a lot well i appreciate it thanks for having me on i had a great time anytime you want yeah. let me know yeah. Okay. All right. You take care. Take care.